The Oklahoma City Thunder make a trade. Plus, Shaden Sharp's camp wants to be an OKC. What does all this mean? Why did the Thunder trade the 30th overall pick? And will Shaden Sharp fall to pick 12, or will the Thunder have to make another move come draft night? All of this and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast, Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. We're going to dive into the news of Shaden Sharp's camp wanting to be an OKC. What does this mean for draft night and also for the Thunder organization? Plus, we have a long list of workout candidates now that have been released and the Thunder have made a trade. And also, Russell Westbrook is back in town. and He got a key to the city today. I was at the event. We're going to talk about it and so much more. But let's start with the Shaden Sharp Saturday saga. And that is the fact that the... ESPN plus NBA draft insider Jonathan Dravoni put out a quote unquote perfect mock draft for the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, kind of listing out basically a dream scenario for the Thunder. What what would their version of a perfect draft be? And for Javoni, he says OKC taking Chet Holmgren at two and Shaden Sharp at 12. Uh, he lists a long range of reports we're going to dive into. He says that Shaden Sharp's camp wants to be an OKC. OKC is the top of their list, was the quote. He said that Shaden Sharp's camp does not care what number he's picked at, but cares more about where he can develop and, and kind of the environment of that organization. He says that ESPN says that OKC has studied Shaden Sharp more than any other team and says Sharp is not working out for every team in the top 10. And they also cite uh, head coach Mark Dagnall about the reasons why Sharp's camp loves OKC, given the leash that Mark gives to these young players while also holding them accountable. You think Josh Giddy got the start from day one in OKC. Uh, where Carlisle would have never started a guard day one all the way through a season uh, and not had the, uh, without having a blow up on that young guard. Mark did a great job not doing that for Josh Giddy. And also, even for a guard who, um, you know, didn't stay in the, in the starting rotation year round and, you know, kind of found his cracks and niches in the starting rotation uh, here and there, Trey Mann. You know, the, the Skittles and Broccoli debate, even that was handled with a lot of respect, a lot of grace, and also with a purpose, right? It wasn't just a random benching or a random assignment to the G League. Everything had a purpose, and then he was back in rotation, back playing a ton of minutes, and back learning how to play in the NBA. And that, that's a big deal for young guys, that consistency, that player's coach, you know, just, just knowing that there's no animosity between an old Grizzly head coach and wanting to play young guys. So being on the same page there and having development first mindsets for OKC – is helping them with these draft picks. So let's talk about how to read the smoke screen, though, because everyone just needs to relax. Just relax, please. Because there's a wide group that anytime OKC is simply uttered by NBA media, NBA experts, they just race to social media. They race to the comment section, and they just scream, OKC's never in rumors. OKC never leaks. This is all fake. This is all baloney. 
folks, you got to take every report as an individual report and can't tie it to, well, look what happened to James Booknight. Because for every James Booknight, there's a uh, Alexei Pokashevsky. And furthermore, the reason you got to take everything and every report on its own is because, well, OKC is involved in this report in this leak by ESPN. This is all from Shaden Sharp's side of things. This has nothing to do with OKC. Nobody's claiming that they have a ton of insight on what OKC is doing. They're claiming that they have a ton of insight on what Shaden Sharp's camp wants to do. And so this should be believed. This should. This is a, a rumor I completely sign off on, that Shaden Sharp's camp wants OKC, has the destination of going to OKC, would, would be happy with being picked at 12 and going to an environment where they're comfortable versus being picked at, at five or six. That's all that this report is. And then you see the videos that Shane Sharp made on TikTok on June 1st uh, in OKC at a, at a uh, private gym. I believe the gym is called uh, a Hoop House. Look, Shane Sharp, he can love OKC all he wants to. He's not coming to OKC just to work out at Hoop's house and leave. He worked out with the Thunder. I mean, you can put two and two together. He worked out with OKC. Uh, and that's around the time the Thunder were having draft workouts. They had Keon Ellison on June 1st. So obviously the subsequent days after June 1st, they also were rotating guys in for workouts as well. Um, here's the deal. I don't think Shaden Sharp will fall to 12. This is how you were starting to read the smoke screen. I don't think he's going to fall to 12 necessarily. What I think happened here is that this is a case of ESPN gained information. And they had to put that information somewhere. They had to push it out to the audience somewhere. And, bes- you know, it, and, and not putting it in a random tweet, but rather putting it in an article for ESPN Plus, buying a paywall, all that good stuff. And I think that they thought, you know what? Let's make this ideal mock draft for the Thunder. I'm sure they're going to do it for other teams as well. Let's tell the people what we know. What we know is Shane Sharp wants to be an OKC. So let's play him at 12 and just talk about what we know, right? So there is leverage to be had here. I, I've heard a lot of people ask, you know, what can Shane Sharp do? These players can't control it. It's great that Chet wants to be here. It's great that Shane Sharp wants to be here, but they have no leverage. They actually do. And, and I'm with you. If you haven't followed the draft in close, you know, in depth, and, and especially this only being year two of the draft process really mattering for the last decade for OKC, you know, the draft system is unfair to players, but it's fair to the league because there's not many other ways to balance small market versus big market. So you can't just release all these young guys to free agency and let people sign whoever they want to because, of course, that, that outbalances everything. Big market, small market. So the draft is very fair to league. It's not very fair to players. Players just get thrown into this pile of names and they get selected and have to go work wherever uh, they've been assigned to for the next nine years if they're a good player to get that second contract. So the only pieces of leverage that players have in the draft process is their interviews and their workouts and their medical history. So for example, for AJ Griffin, who a lot of has a lot of medical red flags, right, in his background, he can choose. I'm going to tell, I'm going to give OKC my entire medical profile, but I'm not going to give it to Team X, right? He can choose to do that. We haven't heard him doing that. I don't think he's going to do that, but he could choose to do that. And that, of course, can kind of manipulate where he's going to go because you're not really going to go and draft a player who's not comfortable giving you their their, their medical history in all in all reality, in all likelihood anyway. For Shaden Sharp and for, and for every other player, you can go and have a terrible, terrible interview. Just purposely be bad in your interview. And if you're good enough to be drafted in the first round of of the NBA, you're really good at basketball and you're good enough at basketball to manipulate your workouts to where you can sandbag it. You can purposely uh, miss shots, purposely have a bad day, purposely uh, get quote unquote gassed easily, right? You can purposely tank your workouts. And so of course, if you're a player like Shane Sharp, who 
has no college tape, obviously, is coming fresh out of high school, has a lot of question marks around him, has a whole camp and a whole team behind him. And then you bring him in for a workout and he won't compete competitively in three on three, like, like Jonathan Javoni is saying that he won't, he won't compete in, in these three on threes for every team in the top 10. He won't go to private workouts for every team in the top 10. He won't compete. He won't even go, or he does go and does poorly. It's going to push them down the board. And if there's so many other talents and remember, as I've been saying this entire draft process, the guys in this draft are not separated by all that much. You have a clear top four, uh, you know, where the top four is distant themselves from the other prospects. But within that top four, it's still a very tight race. Then you have five to 12, five to 13, a very competitively, um, tight people. We're like my number 12 on my board might be your number nine. My number nine on your board might be your number five. Like, that's how close this is. That's how close this is. So uh, if it is that close and then you have a guy who comes into your workout and is terrible, you're just going to take the next guy. You're going to take the next guy that you like. So that's how Shaden Sharp can manipulate his draft stock, his draft profile, and, and where he goes. But I still don't think he'll be there at 12 for the Thunder. I think that he, he falls more to that 8 to 10 range. I really like that range to trade it for the Thunder. I especially like 12. I like the idea of maybe asking Washington to do uh, – you know, they get the 12th pick, they get Mitchich, and they get their first round pick back for, for future flexibility. And the Thunder get back Shaden Sharp. So in this case, it would have to be contingent on Washington not wanting Sharp. So if you don't want Sharp, you can still get your guy at 12, plus you get Mitchich, plus you get your first round picks back, pick back for, for uh, flexibility. You get a guy who's considered a win now guy in Mitchich. If he comes over, you get a future first round pick for your trade flexibility down the line, and you still get the guy you want to draft. And this is what I've been talking about. Uh, regarding draft day trades. Draft day trades take two things. Of course, the trade to work out, but also I've got to deliver your guy. It's why the Thunder couldn't trade up last year because being at six, you were on the outside looking in. I can't deliver you your guy. In the case of the Fultz-Tatum deal, the Luca trade deal, the Hawks always wanted Trey Young. They knew that picking at three was a bit of a reach for Trey Young. So they moved back to five, get their guy plus an additional asset, and all is fine and well. Celtics, uh, Sixers, again, same scenario. So being able to ensure Washington their guy, or maybe even ensure uh, picks eight and nine their guys um, in a trade goes a long way. And that's how deals get done, plus the additional assets as well. So again, I don't see him falling to 12, but I do see him falling to a range where where the Thunder could be comfortable moving up from, from 12. I think that, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but it is totally awesome to see Chet and Sharp and prospects say they want to be here. And it's clear, right, that Shaden Sharp's camp is on board. And that's a big deal, especially when you're drafting a small market. If a, if a guy comes in with a huge camp around him and a huge team around him of basically executives of his career, and you know, if they sign off on you and they feel comfortable with you, that's a huge point in the right direction for if he does become a star, maybe staying around here for a long time. Uh, and, and I think that it's also important to, to know that you know, Shaden Sharp and SGA have a connection. Not only Canadian, not only both chose to go to Kentucky, although, of course, Sharp's Kentucky career didn't even really get started, but they both share a mentor. And so the Thunder are in a unique position where they not only have Sharp wanting to come to OKC, therefore playing his very best in their workouts, therefore giving them all the information that they need to feel comfortable drafting him, right? But they also have SGA, who can tell you honestly what Sharp's all about, both from his old mentor, but also SGA with the Kentucky. And so he can say truthfully what happened at Kentucky. Like, Shea still cares about the University of Kentucky. It, it, it appears on all levels. He's always tweeting about their recruits. He's always supporting the university. It appears that Shea still likes Kentucky University. So he still has that rapport and that relationship with the university. 
So he knows exactly what went down in practices or in team meetings or how that relationship went. So you've got a very unique perspective in OKC of having both those two things. Now, of course, other NBA teams have guys from Kentucky too, but not every NBA team has a guy who is the same mentor as Shaden Sharp. So that's a big deal. It's a small deal, but it's a, it's a nice deal to remember. Uh, again, ultimately, this is a lot of smoke. It's coming from Shaden Sharp's camp, and you should be happy. People want to be here in OKC, and we'll see if the, the Thunder land Shaden Sharp. If they land Shaden Sharp and Chet Holmgren in the same draft, really, if they land Shaden Sharp in any of the top three, Javar Smith Jr., Chet Holmgren, Paul Hero. I'll faint. I'll flatly faint. Uh, I'll, I'll, it'll be incredible. It'll be, be very exciting. Coming up, let's talk about the trade that happened between the Thunder and the Nuggets, giving away the pick number 30 in the 2022 NBA draft. Coming up next week, no longer have pick 30. Let's reevaluate the situation now that we know that 30 is no longer available to OKC. Let's talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, but a good friends over at Truebill. Truebill.com is fantastic, folks. Did you know that free trials renew without your consent because it's a business scam to get you out of your money. Make sure you eliminate that. Make sure you're doing the right thing and going to Truebill because Truebill is a brand new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you do not need one or you simply forgot about. On average, people save $720 per year with Truebill. Businesses make subscriptions hard to cancel, but Truebill makes it incredibly simple. All you got to do is link your account to Truebill and cancel all your unneeded subscriptions in one tap. And folks, your Truebill concierge is there for you whenever you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill is only, has over 2 million users and helps save them $100 million, like Matthew B., who says, quote, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 a year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 a year on my SiriusXM bill, saved $840 a year on car insurance. So do not fall for subscription scans any longer. Subscription. Subscription scams are away from of the past. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. That's Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. You could save thousands of dollars a year at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Folks, very exciting stuff happening into this week. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate mock draft on the Lockdown Podcast Network with Lockdown NBA big board experts plus Audacity insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow along now so you do not miss a pick. And also, June 16th will also include our pick at number two. So how did I do as the acting GM of the Thunder in this ultimate mock draft that features so many great insiders um, from our network, from Odyssey, and everywhere else. But let's talk about the traits. OKC makes a trade officially. Now, this trade broke at the Russell Westbrook event, so we were all scrambling uh, at the end of their event to uh, cover the trade and do everything else we needed to do. Uh, but the Thunder trade, the 30th pick, and two future second-round picks in 2023 and 24, one in 2023, one in 2024, to Denver. Denver ships off Jermichael Green and a protected 2027 first-round pick. Jermichael Green's on an $8.2 million expiring contract. Let's talk about what this is and what this is not. This is not a move to save a roster spot because you're taking on a roster spot. Like you're taking on Jermichael Green. So it's not as though they traded pick 30 to just simply get rid of a roster spot uh, requirement because they are required to keep Jermichael Green on their roster whenever he exercises his $8.2 million uh, player option. So they'll have to still find something to do with this roster spot, right? What this is, however, is you're bringing back a veteran who 
you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't think he's a very great player. I think that maybe if he has a strong, you know, first half of the year, you can find some value for him, especially in an expiring deal, which expiring deals do have immediate value in the NBA. But we'll talk about how that might not have as much value to OKC as it usually will in a second. So that's all you're doing here. You're bringing a, a veteran, but also you're turning that 30th overall pick and you're pushing the value of that pick back to 2027. Who knows where Denver's going to be in 2027, but for the Thunder, they're hoping they're going to be a very good team in 2027. They're hoping they're going to be extremely good by the time 2027 rolls around. So you can trade that first-round pick at that time and combine it with another first-round pick and get you something that's incredibly valuable and fits whatever needs you have at the time for the Thunder, which the 30th overall pick this year does not really fill any needs. I've done a lot of community mouth drafts every single week. I've been involved in at Mavs Draft on Twitter, MavsDraft.com. Richard Salmon, he joins us every single week over here on Lockdown Thunder. I've been involved in this community mock draft every single week. So it's uh, you know 30 people that are heavily following their teams and heavily following the NBA. There's not a ton of value on the board at 30, 34 to me. Again, my first round grades end in the 20s. It's like the, the, there's not a ton of value there. You're, so you're sacrificing what little value there'd be at 30 and you're pushing it back to 2027 whenever you can use that to go get a NBA proven player to help you fill holes and help you... Um, win games at the time. Okay, so, and, you know, and, and the Thunder do have a lot of guys who on their current roster play at the pick 30 value anyway, that they still need to make decisions on about their future with the Thunder. So why add another guy to that pod? The Thunder now control the second pick, the 12th pick, and the 34th overall pick, while Denver has picks 21 and 30. So why do this trade now? OKC is still sitting on that $31.6 million cap space that goes away on July 1st. Okay, see, so will be over the cap come July 1st because, of course, the favors $10 million. Kimba Walker, uh, 20, 25.7 or $27.5 million. Uh, Shea's owed 30.5. Singler's owed a million. And, of course, now Jermichael Greensworth, uh, 8.2. And then the rookie contracts. So it's going to hit the year funny to hear that the Thunder don't have cap space and they're over the cap uh, because we've spent this entire season under the cap and you, and you think nothing changes. But, of course, the deals and, and, and you know the Shea contract kicks in, the Kimba buyout kicks in, you know, Again, it was kicked in last year as well, but it kicks in, kicks up, uh, favors 10, and then you have green at eight. So over the cap for now, but it was a good use of the cap space to get that first round pick and just kind of convey the value into the future whenever you're actually trying to win. So let's talk about Jermichael Green. The rebuild's not over. He's not a veteran to help you win games. He's not a veteran to end the rebuild. He's 31 years old. Uh, I'm not even sure he makes it to October in OKC. We'll talk about that. those odds coming up. Um, but he can help OKC grow. He, he can be a veteran who's been around the block and, and can help these young guys and just be a guy on the court who has a presence and who kind of can get you in the right spot if you're a young defender and can just ease the burden of an 82-game season. He played 62 games last year, six points per game, four rebounds and assists per game, shot 48% from the floor, 26% from deep. He only really played well in the mid-range last year. He shot 59% in the mid-range, but even his corner three, only improved from 26 to 34 in the corner. So he shot 34% in the corner. At the rim, he only shot 66%. Like he, he just wasn't really good anywhere besides the mid-range. Uh, but you know, Jermichael Green is a guy who uh, doesn't improve the win total all that much, in my opinion, but he will be a, a veteran that helps you out. Kind of like Derek Favors last year. I mean, Derek Favors didn't really help the win total, but by all accounts, he was a veteran that helped the locker room and helped uh, mentor young guys. So I give this trade an A. Uh, the odds of Green being here in October, to me, uh, is 70%. Um, who will the Thunder have to move on from to make up this roster spot? Here's some easy candidates that we can discuss, you know, in future episodes, but just, just to give you an overhaul. Uh, Taylor Malvon on a non-guaranteed deal 
makes a ton of sense to move on from. Isaiah Roby has a $1.9 million team option that you can decline if you need to. But Mike Muscala is on a $3.5 million team option that you can decline if you need to. Uh, Vit Critchie is on a non-guaranteed deal, although I like Vit Critchie and think he'll be here next year. Uh, and then, of course, you could just wave green outright if you wanted to. You could also even wave favors if you wanted to outright because to get circle back to the point about the expiring deals, expiring deals in the NBA have a ton of value just inherently of being expiring deals because contenders might take them on or other teams might, might take them on to create a roster spot and create cap, cap flexibility. But if the Thunder are helping on not taking on long-term money and not taking on money into 2023 – then you lose the value of just simply being an expiring, and now you have to gain the value back as a player. And Favors did not show enough last year to have value as a player. And in my opinion, Jermichael Green did not show enough last year to have a ton of value as a player either. So that's why I still have that you know, 30% odds of him being here in October to increase his value as a player and to be able to be traded for you know a couple seconds or whatever uh, at the deadline. Because uh, so, I don't think that the Thunder are going to take on long-term money. I just don't. So... Technically speaking, you could wave them out, right? Because you're going to pay them this money anyway this year and you don't want to take on future money in a trade. So that kind of loses the value of, of being an expiring deal because you're not helping that other team create long-term gap space. Or you're not helping that other team uh, with a roster spot. But that's just kind of where I'm at right now uh, with what the Thunder are doing. If they wanted to bring back a guy, I guess, who's being paid 10 instead of eight in this expiring, and then that's how you recoup value this offseason with Green, maybe that can be the case. But I, I just don't really think that he'll... Um, you know, warrant anything as of right now. Things can change. We can hear different things, but that's kind of where I'm at with OKC. I think that they'll take Favors and Green into next year and try to get some some value at the deadline. And if they can't, oh well, you just let them expire and roll off the roster because I don't think Green truly um, changes your win total, truly changes um, anything about how the next season's going to go. Now, he could find the OKC Fountain of Youth and he could end up uh, improving his you know, game significantly and having these breakout games. But as of right now, that's how I see it. Now coming up, let's talk about the Russell Westbrook event and get out of here with a big, big pot underway and, and uh, a lot of topics to talk about with the Thunder. Things are going to only heat up from here, folks. So make sure you go to Bet Online because there's a lot of good stuff over there. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs, sports, and info from developments to news and odds, including this year's uh, NBA Finals, NHL Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, UFC, uh, MMA, and even boxing. But folks, you can also bet on the NBA draft. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live bets, esports, and more. Go right now to their website or even use your mobile device and find out the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. And folks, let's show you how you can bet on the draft. All right. It was released today that the odds of the second overall pick on Bet Online, which you can bet on right now. Chet Holmgren is a minus 250. Jabari Smith Jr. is plus 225. Paulo Bencaro is plus 800. Jay Nivey is plus 2,200. And then Shane Sharp's plus 3,300. I like throwing a little bit of chicken scratch on Paulo Bencaro at plus 800 because it's just insane value. Like if you put $5 down, you win 8 to 1 if he is the pick and who's to say he's not. Um, there's not been a ton of smoke around it. But still, I like throwing a, just a little bit of money down that you, that you can afford to lose. Like if I throw $5 down, I'm okay being out $5 if he's not the pick. But if he is the pick, that's a huge win for me. So that's how I would bet if you want to bet on the draft and want to get crazy. I just take some reasonable long shots that if you lose the 5 bucks, you lose the 5 bucks. But if he's the pick, it's a big deal. So go check him out today. Bet online wherever you have internet access to betonline.net. 
All right, folks, make sure you're checking out the Lockdown NBA Big Board Show. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Next listen, though, check out Lockdown NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter is joined by Mavs Draft, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thanul, giving fans an in-depth look at the NBA Draft, Mock Drafts, Player Rankings, and, of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts from. So make sure you check them out today. We'll have Richard Stamen on the podcast later on this week talking about the draft. Um, and then we'll dive into a lot of the draft stuff. Obviously, things change, only having picks 12, uh, 2, and 34. But again, I like the, the value of 34, especially if Keon Ellis falls that fall, far. Uh, 12, ton of value. We've talked about that at nauseum. And of course, too, you're going to get a really good player at tweaks, too. So I love this trade for both sides. But I love this trade, especially, of course, for the Thunder. Russell Westbrook held an event today that I was fortunate enough to go to. He's, he opened up a basketball court at um, Capitol Hill High School. I believe it's called a futsal court because it had like a basketball goal and the stanchion turned into a soccer goal. So you can play both sports on it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty nifty looking. Uh, he was presented a key to the city by uh, Mayor Dar- uh, David Holt at the event. That was awesome to see in person. Uh, somebody get a key to the city. You know, the kids just loved him and, and loved interacting with him. And it kind of just shows you how much of an icon he truly is. Not only in OKC, but of course it's a global icon uh, because the kids in high school nowadays like you think about it, their, their sports watching lives and like their true enjoyment of sports peaked right at the end of Russ's career in OKC and kind of uh, might have really taken over. I mean, I mean, when did you get truly into sports? I mean, probably middle school, high school, you know, and, and Russ has been, you know, in Houston and Washington and L.A. So it just shows that he, no matter who he played for, he always kept that global status and kind of that hero status in OKC. It was cool watching the kids just light up when they saw him. And he did a great job interacting with the kids. It was very fun for, you know, my first community event getting to cover. And I just want to uh, use that as leaping off point to say, thank you. I mean, at the end of this podcast, just, I just want to use this last couple of minutes to say thank you because without your support, while getting hired at locked on without the support of thunder PR, I, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Uh, and look, I always knew I was never going to be a good player. I just wasn't. I knew that in third grade. And so since third grade, I've been wanting to be Dan Patrick. I don't think I'm Dan Patrick yet. I do have uh, the hair of a nation that he claims to have. But uh, so being a media member, my point has been my dream. Well, your dream might have been to be MJ or be LeBron. I have always just wanted to be a media member. And I always just wanted to be, you know, in sports media. I've mentioned it before. I am more of a sports sports media nerd than I am a sports nerd, if that's even believable to you, because you know how much I'm an NBA nerd. Uh, but very fortunate to get to see Russell Westbrook up close, you know, talk to him, uh, you know, and, and go to the event and everything. Uh, and of course, covering the drafts in a couple of weeks at the Thunder uh, on everything else. So it's, it's just all uh, great touching, of course, covering this team for the last couple of years um, as an official media member has been something that's truly a dream come true. And again, without, without you listening, without you watching, without you supporting, following on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles, without you doing all that, it couldn't be done. So this is all because of you. And it's just a, a, a heartfelt thank you for making my dreams come true. Um, so thank you again. Way more to come. Again, every single day we're here talking Thunder basketball at Locked on Thunder, talking over there at Ridley underscore styles on Twitter. Make sure you follow along. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from, including on YouTube. It's all free. Every episode's free. So make sure you check us out anywhere you get your podcasts from. Uh, and then tomorrow we'll have another player profile and projection. We'll have a lot of interviews coming up, everything you can ask for, uh, previewing the draft, recapping the draft, all that fun stuff. So check us out, stay with us, and until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.